podcast has bad words. <laughs> All right, guys. I know right here I just said platonic, which indeed I was looking for a friend first before a uh, life partner. But the word I actually meant to use here was monogamous. So just keep that in mind as, as you hear me kind of ramble on about this. What's up, patrons? Happy Thanksgiving, patrons. Yeah. This is coming out on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, man. And so before we dive into our surprise questions today, Ryan, yes. before we talk about surprise. creating an intentional life, let's read some more about less. I have two articles here. Uh, one <laughs> is one that I wrote, <laughs> but I thought it was appropriate for uh, talking about living the best life because we're going to be talking today, uh, someone has a question about Instagram, and and I think sometimes we, we often think see supposed best lives on Instagram mm. and on social media. And by the way, I don't think there's anything wrong with curating and presenting a beautiful picture or an experience no. in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. The problem isn't that photo of, of the supposed best life. It's thinking that that is what someone's life is like in perpetuity. Mm. Instagram is a highlight reel. Social media is a highlight reel. Sometimes it's a low light reel for some people who are like, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. Yeah. And, and the truth is we don't live in valleys. We don't live on the mountain top. We traverse both. Mm-hmm. And that rarely gets expressed in six second clips or in a, 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 a millisecond photo. Well, social media also gives people the opportunity to it's a shortcut to living a good life you know what i'm saying it's a shortcut to they look at it as a shortcut uh, to to yeah it's perceived yeah and so this article here is called how to reach the end of the internet earlier this month i re-downloaded instagram to upload a video of my daughter i soon regretted it after a few days i was addicted again I caught myself twitching for instant gratification, opening the app and scrolling through my feed whenever a free moment arose, just like I used to. I mean, what's the harm in looking at just a few new photos anyway? Then I noticed a new, quote, feature. Apparently, as you scroll, Instagram will inform you when you're, quote, all caught up. So I found myself scrolling even more because now I had a goal. Get caught up. (laughs) It wasn't until this morning when I deleted the app again that I realized the absurdity of this notion. The internet is functionally infinite and it continues to expand. On Instagram alone, nearly 100 million new photos are uploaded every day. So it's impossible to catch up. Same goes for YouTube, Facebook, Reddit, and the rest of the World Wide Web. No matter how hard we try, we'll never reach the end of the internet. So it's best to put down our phones, shut our laptops, and embrace the glow of the sun, not the glow of our screens. The only way to get caught up on the only way to get caught up on the web is to avoid getting caught up in the web. I think that's, um, I don't know about you, Ryan, but I'm, I'm a planner, right? Mm -hmm. And so like I'll put things on to-do lists just to cross it off Mm. and it makes me feel the sense of accomplishment, but the internet makes me feel frantically lost. It's funny. Like as you were reading that, I was thinking about the infinite universe and how, when I think about the, you know, I feel really small. Mm -hmm. I feel overwhelmed. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I get frustrated because there is no end of the universe. We don't know what's out there. Um, and we have an idea. Yeah. Um, it's ice wall. <clears throat> but man, I, uh, I have to like let it go. Because if I, if I really start to dive into it, I could get lost in just exploring different galaxies and thoughts about how we're going to get there and life on other planets and what's the biggest star, which actually is a really cool like wormhole to go down to on you on, uh, on uh, YouTube or Google. Right. Um, but there's a point where I have to let it go. I have to just accept, okay, I'm here now on this earth. We, you know, we know the little bit that we know 
and I got to be okay with that. But it's the same thing with the internet. It's like if I stress myself out over trying to find all the good things on the internet, then it's it's an endless pursuit and I can get lost in it. Right. And, I, and I'm not a Luddite. In fact, the very last line of this essay, we'll put a link to the essay in the show notes if you want to share it with friends and family. Only then can we return to our devices and use them rather than them using us. Yeah. It's not about not using a phone or a glowing screen. The problem is, yeah, I just actually read a study this morning. Ironically, I read it on my phone, but it was a, uh, it was, I'll see if I can find it and give it to Sean to put in the show notes. Here's the gist of it though. Uh, we are exercising less as society. We have less time than ever before, or so we think. Mm. We feel like we don't have enough time to exercise, but it's only because we're, we've spent more and more time in front of glowing screens. It's the only reason that we are not exercising. But Josh, having a BlackBerry actually saves you on average an hour and a half a day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we are spending way more time in front of our screens and it's going to shorten our lifespan because, not, not directly shortened, but indirectly shortened because we are no longer exercising as much and it's proven mm. that if you exercise more you will you will extend your your lifespan yeah well the opposite is also true and so the more time we spend in front of glowing screens that's less time we are spending exercising and it's shortening our, our glowing screens are then literally shortening our lives uh, another article I have here is from Derek Sivers, but I'm going to hold off on it for a little bit because I think it might actually help with someone's question. Cool. So let's, uh, we do have some questions. We were actually supposed to have Timothy J. Ward here today. We were going to talk to him about, um, he has a good video about why he became a minimalist. And part, one of the things he was doing was dumpster diving, but he wasn't doing it in like to, for food or, or. Yeah, well, he wasn't a freaking. No, no, he, <laughs> he, um, he was he lived near a college. What was it? The university of Florida, right? I think so. Yeah. And, uh, he noticed all these, like the rich college students at the end of the year or just throughout the year were throwing away relatively new things or sometimes even clothes with tags on them. And so he would go into a clean dumpster, get these, the furniture items, clothes, accessories, etc., and just bring them over to eBay and start selling them. Yeah. And, but then he got overwhelmed with all the stuff and he's like, I need to simplify it. <laughs> and that's how he sort of stumbled into to minimalism. And uh, there's quite a few things I want to talk about today, but I think the best way to do it is through the lens of some of these questions that we have. So our first question for the Maximal episode here is from April. You want to read that one, Ryan? Yeah. Is there ever a point where your true best life and your Instagram life are in alignment? Oh, April. <laughs> oh, yeah, if so, it's so excess, it's so exceedingly fleeting that so yeah, there might be a point at which they converge for literally a frame. Right? Yeah, I, I feel like my Instagram life does align with my life, though. But that's my 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 point is that your Instagram life. Oh, I see. What will, you're will converge for just a moment. Yeah. So Instagram shows these frames of my life. Right. Yes, but. I I think what she's asking is like people who are um they are exers they're here look, here's a picture of me crossfitting mm -hmm. get swole uh you know the next post is uh during my journey of life I love that man there's mm -hmm. a comedian who talks about every Instagram <laughs> influencer is like the, 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 in my journey the writing on Instagram is the most vapid writing I've ever read oh it's horrible dude but but re regardless though it's like people who are representing a life that doesn't exist uh -huh. that is a lot of these influencers that is however may maybe there's a good side Let let's say benefit of the doubt if i'm thinking of someone like jocko willink where it, maybe he's the person whose life does instagram life does align most with his real life yeah because every morning at 4 33 a.m he takes a picture of his watch mm. and, and i think for for someone like that, he doesn't. He's been doing that for decades. Mm -hmm. But there might be someone like podcast Sean if he wanted to start working out four thirty every morning. Mm -hmm. Maybe him taking a photo of his watch and posting his Instagram is a is a sort of accountability partner. Yeah, or a, it's like a trigger, like a good trigger. I'm, Sean po, at podcast Sean on Instagram, he has at least a thousand followers, I think, and so <laughs> he could have a thousand accountability buddies. Sure. 
So yeah, I mean, I, but I think what this question is asking is like, we we present on Instagram a lot of us, not all of us. We present on Instagram the best parts of our life, but there's a lot of crappy parts to our life. So, mm-hmm. is there ever a point where the Instagram life is actually your real life, where there are no crappy parts? And the answer to that is no. There's always going to be crappy parts. Did you but, read the book The Circle? No, but but when I think about like my Instagram, for example, there are highlights, but there are also crappy highlights, uh, car crashes and broken backs and things like that. Um, so yes, every uh, when it comes to my Instagram life, every little every little intersection point is truly an intersection point of my life. Um, but there's nothing on there that I am presenting that is making myself look better than how I actually feel. Oh, maybe that's what she's asking. Mm. Am I ever going to actually feel like how my Instagram life looks like? And if it's not there right now, that's a problem. And you got to ask yourself, like, why is that? Um, I'd get off Instagram. If that was me, if my social media life was making, what was looking better than how I actually felt, I would personally, I would get off of social media for a little bit to focus on my real life. So maybe what you're saying there is if if your, if your social media life or your Instagram life uh, does not align with your real life, then you have sort of two options. You can mm-hmm. you can make it align in a way, yeah. Or you can remove yourself from from the thing that is actually making you discontented. Yeah, I mean the third option is to continue doing what you're doing. But if you are if you're lying, I mean essentially that's what you're doing. You're lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you a feel good about lying or you don't feel anything about lying, mm. either you're a sociopath or you're evil. <laughs> yeah, and so it's an affectation. It, it, and I think obviously you're you're different than most people who are posting stuff to Instagram, right? I mean, uh, maybe the, there are instances. I'm thinking of many of the comedians I follow, like Andrew Schultz or mm-hmm. uh, Drew Michael. Drew Michael has been putting up a bunch of just like uh, IGTV videos, like mm-hmm. of, of his stand-up sets, and so that again for a six-minute chunk mimics his real life. Uh, I, I brought up the book The Circle because. Uh, it came out in 2013. It's my favorite Dave Eggers book. Uh, they turned it into a movie, which was fairly good. I, I liked the movie, but the book is phenomenal. I, 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 it's it's one of like there are maybe five books that I wish I would have written, and The Circle is one of them. Mm-hmm. And there is, a, but it is, it takes place at this this company called The Circle. It's essentially sort of Facebook, Amazon, and Google all in one company, right? Mm-hmm. And it gets to a point where there's, and it's in a near future, probably like 2018, 2019, mm. uh, and where everyone is, uh, well, not everyone, but they're getting to a point where it's full transparency. Like people are wearing like a a little thing around their neck that broadcasts their entire day. It's essentially Periscope or or uh, Instagram Live, 24 hours a day, full transparency. And there's, I won't give away the ending because there's something that happens at the, at the very end that makes you think that you can go even farther than full transparency. And I think that, yeah, then, then it would align. But do you really want that? I don't because I also have a private life. Sure. It's not a life that I'm not proud of. It is simply private. You know, if I have sex with my wife, I'm not going to broadcast it on Periscope. Mm. But I really enjoy having sex with my wife. Sure. That's part of my private life. Mm. It doesn't mean I'm ashamed of it. I'm not. It's just none of your damn business. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's most of social media. What you and I use social media for is different. We have Jessica who takes our words and curates them with certain images and, and posts them in a way to get people to think, to add value to their lives. If we're not adding value, then we're not willing to post it. I don't want to add to the noise. I want to whisper in a loud room because there are some people who will show up and get really close and listen to that whisper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to ask yourself, why are you using social media? Yeah. Uh, Are you using it to project something that you're not? Are you using it to communicate? Because yeah, when I think about comedians, it's a tool that they use to help communicate their art, their creations. That's great. Um, if you're using it to project a life that doesn't exist, then you've got to ask yourself, like, either 
Is it a tool that you really need in your life? Or do you need to start projecting your real life? But, but yeah, it's, if you're projecting a life that doesn't exist, um, there's definitely something wrong with that. Yeah, unless you are an actor and you know that it's like made up, and and, and that that's yeah, a I mean, little bit a, different. There's always an exception to the rule. I, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, are you an actor? And if not, does it feel good to pretend? Yeah, because probably doesn't. It, it feel it's crazy making, uh, and so <laughs> it makes me think of that Walking Phoenix interview that he did with David Letterman. Do you know about this? No, I don't think so. He showed up with like this beard and glasses on, and it was just like this bomb of an interview and mm-hmm. david letterman kind of beat him up just a little bit man um but it was for a movie that he was doing so he was actually going on it, he was doing a fictional movie based on a documentary that was a yeah, reality tv this. yeah dude it was so good he was uh, he had like a rap career yeah exactly <laughs> he, was yeah. he was becoming a rapper and like yeah. he was trying to get diddy to sign him <laughs> yeah all right bo has a question how do you determine what your best life is sure mm-hmm. you can optimize the things you are currently doing but how do you find the larger sense of purpose a plan a grand plan to work towards so mm. so how do you find so th- these are a couple different things here yeah uh, a sense of purpose right I-, I would just say meaning i think those two words tend to be interchangeable you might mean something different when, when, when you say purpose, I tend to avoid the word purpose. And let me explain why. We actually just had Ben Greenfield on. Actually, he'll be on in a few weeks. It hasn't come out yet. But he was talking about he has a sense of purpose. I, I don't believe in a sense of purpose. That's why I avoid the word. I don't think purpose uh, presupposes that you were sort of destined to do something, yeah. uh, at least by definition. Now, you can have a other loose definition, right? And so I, I don't think I was born to be a writer. I don't think I was born to speak English. Mm. I don't think I was born to be an astronaut or a yoga teacher or an accountant. I don't think I, I was born to do anything. However, I do think that we can find meaning throughout life in fact i think we necessarily find meaning Mm -hmm. and and so when when someone's a nihilist uh well actually jordan peterson talks a little bit about this uh when 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 someone's a nihilist say oh i don't find i don't find anything meaningful no you do you you find suffering we all suffer Mm -hmm. Uh, the buddhist perspective is life is suffering right yeah um i think that that's probably a translation error i think the buddhists really mean like life is uncomfortable yeah but um life is suffering and so you're going to find meaning in that suffering there's always meaning in the suffering. in fact it tends to be one of the most meaningful things in our lives when we're suffering because we can't stop thinking about it right yeah well the opposite can be true for pleasurable experience so either find meaning in something that is pleasurable and this is actually good news because you don't have a purpose, meaning you don't have a thing you were born to do, there are dozens or maybe even hundreds of things that you can find to be meaningful. Mm. Well, how do you do that? Let's talk about that. Number one is you get really, really clear on what your foundational values are and then what your structural values are. Uh, In fact, I'll, I'll pull up my list of some of my values and we can go through a few of these. Now, Ryan and I wrote an entire book about our our foundational values, right? Minimalism, live a meaningful life is the, is our first book, but it's about the five foundational values. Let me see if I can find my, here's my values, JFM values. Uh, and, but so the, uh, using the house metaphor, right? You have a foundation. I think everyone pretty much has the same foundation. You might tweak it a little bit, but it's going to be health, relationships, creativity, or passion, growth, and contribution. There may be something else in there, but I think ultimately you're going to have a foundation. And then everyone's structure is going to look a little bit different. Even in a a neighborhood with houses that look fairly similar, they have different floor plans, Mm -hmm. right? Sure. And and so uh, the the structural values, or what you might call core values, these are your sort of personal values. And a few of them for me, uh, autonomy, which is like freedom from external control, certainty, which is... Uh, being reliably comfortable, having your basic needs met. We all have a a, a need for certainty, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, character, meaning living a congruent life, uh, one that's con- congruent with all of your other values. Communication is a is a value for me, uh, is a structural value. Uh, communication, I define that as a clear exchange and expression of information. 
Compassion is a value for me. A logical understanding of other struggles. And that's one that's that's pretty difficult, right? But having having that as a structural value helps me see the world in a way that's different from my own struggles, right? Curiosity is another one, which is basically the desire to question anything. That is a, not a strong value of mine, but I am curious in, in many respects. And, and sometimes these values will... will lead me down the wrong path. I can get really curious and fall down a YouTube rabbit hole for seven hours. Mm. Uh, and so it doesn't mean these values will always lead you in the right direction. Uh, you let any one value take over all the others and you start forsaking the other values. That is also a recipe for discontent. I'll read a few others here. Freedom, free speech, grace, gratitude, humility, humor, insight, integrity, intimacy, leadership, listening, meaning, mobility, morality, quality, respect, responsibility, restraint, self-care, sexuality, significance, solitude, trust, truth, variety, vulnerability, wisdom. These are some the, these are the this is the structure of, of the, the house that builds on top of the foundation. And then we have something called minor values. Uh, the, the, this is sort of the, the the wall, the drywall to the house, right? Sure. This is what makes life aesthetically better right uh it makes just like makes life better in general right so for me aesthetics are a minor value art uh, concerts entertainment uh the environment uh, uh, music investments reading style teaching technology these are sort of minor values in in my life and so we're getting back to Bo's question here how do you determine what your best life is well, this last area is unfortunately where we spend most of our time. They're imaginary values. This is sort of the... Uh, this is like the clutter in your house. This is absolutely <laughs> the clutter in your house. So you've built the house. You have this beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, foundation. And you have the structure just how you want it. You have the walls all, all, all filled in. And, and then you just start cluttering up the house with imaginary values. For me, some of those are efficiency ego, email, <laughs> productivity, uh, self-debate, social media, scarcity, vanity. Um, th those are just a few, but these are the things we, we clutter our life with. They get in the way of living our best life, but they do provide some ephemeral pleasure. And during the minimal episode, Ryan, we talked about maybe we would, we would break down pleasure versus happiness versus contentment versus joy. And I think now would be maybe a good time to do that because I think quite often we're not living our best life, whatever that is for us, because of we want the instant gratification, right? It's the sort of marshmallow experiment mm. where you put two marshmallows in front of a kid and, or you put one in front of the kid and if they don't eat it, you're going to give them one five minutes later, one more five minutes later, they'll have two. Or if they eat it now, they're just going to have one. Yeah. And that is actually a predictor of how well someone is going to do, how successful they're going to be in life. Hmm. If you do that experiment with a six-year-old, if they don't eat the marshmallow for the first five minutes, they're probably going to be more successful in life. Why? You have better self-control. Exactly. And you're yeah. able to delay gratification. Yeah. You have discipline in a way that, um, th that will serve you uh, likely for the rest of your life. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with instant gratification. I mean, it's... There are many instances where we have instant gratification in our life. It might be with food. It might be with sex. It might be with uh, binging on Netflix. However, when you live for the instant gratification, that's where it's a problem. And, and when it gets in the way of real gratification. Right. That's how it becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. So I think with you know the things that we talk about, simplicity, minimalism, whatever you want to call it, whatever ism you want to throw in there... Uh, it's really about finding that balance between living a meaningful life, living, you know, your, uh, your best life, whatever that is, or living as close as you can to your best life. I really don't like the term living your best life because you're never going to live your best life. Uh, the goal is to get as close as possible. Mm. And what that is, is to live a meaningful life, man. Um, there's uh man, there's something else I was going to say. Oh, the purpose thing. So I think, I think the word purpose is okay, personally. 
um, if you can look at it in a very broad sense, like my, the purpose of my life is to live a meaningful life. Like that is what my purpose is. Mm. That's very broad. If you're expecting this fine tuned purpose, be like, my purpose is to be a pianist. I mean, maybe someone can thrive off of that, but like, think about, um, Oh man, uh, who's the woman who plays the piano and she has that one famous song, Sky Steel was her, was his... Vanessa Carlton. Yeah, was her, yeah, Vanessa Carlton. She's got that one awesome song. And she has up, a bunch of awesome songs. Uh, I'm sorry, she had that one like huge hit. Yeah, yeah she's a great... Laughs. Yeah, she's a great artist. She had a thousand laughs. And when she wrote that song, she was like, oh wow, like this is it, this is amazing. She but, was 16, by the way. Right. This is amazing. And, and and how accomplished she must have felt. But then it got to a point where, like, she dreaded that song. I mean, she came to terms with it, accepting, like, hey, look, this song got me to where I'm at, and I'm very grateful for that. And it allows her to have the audience that she has. But there, whatever you whatever you find, like, her, up until she was 16, it was, I my purpose is to write the best song ever. Mm-hmm. Well, she did that at 16. Right. Well, you once you accomplish that one purpose, you're gonna want to move on to something else, right? And th- that's why I, I struggle with the word purpose because um, the 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 thought of having a singular thing for a lifetime, right? Um, it, I think it, it it's going to lead to a particular kind of discontent. Yeah, if you don't reach it, or if you reach it, one right. regardless. Yeah, maybe even more so when you do reach it. Yeah, it, because you realize, like, oh, like this this was the the thing that I was living for, mm-hmm. and uh, what does Sam Harris say? You we're always looking over the shoulder of our current accomplishment toward the next one, yeah. and and so the thing that once was going to bring you satisfaction, you thought. Has, is now just a a recipe for that discontent because yeah. it didn't it didn't bring you what it, you thought it would bring you and so instead of looking for a purpose look for a structurally sound life to me that is that that is the best life it's not not going we talked about this in the minimal episode but it's not the perfect life and so I'm all for you living your best life as long as I I, I agree with you I think the 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 phrase has been turned into something trite but in terms of I want to live my best life, meaning I want to be the best version of my 38-year-old self. And right now, I aspire to be my 40-year-old self. That's who I look up to right now in hopes that I'm not going to accomplish something grandiose. And in fact, sometimes those expectations in a weird way, uh, they stifle us as well. So if a decade ago, you and I would have been like, we need to make the most popular documentary on Netflix. Right. Like if that was our purpose. Right. Yeah. And even though we got it, then it's like, okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Or Rob Bell being on the cover of Time Magazine. Right. Well, if that was his ultimate goal, then it's like, well, now what? Life's over. I, it happened. That's what the guy did who invented the Polaroid. He like he got to a point where he like wanted to make this one invention. He got to it and then he killed himself mm. because like he, his life was hanging on making this one amazing invention invention. He did it. And then years later he's like, Oh, I've served my life's purpose. So now it's over. So again, like I don't have a problem with the word purpose, but maybe the definition of purpose is what I have an issue with. The broader you can get with your purpose, the the better you're going to feel about the trajectory of your life. And when you say broader, you don't mean lacking specifics. In fact, I no. think we want to get really specific on the, the values I just talked about, the foundational and the structural in particular, also the minor values that make life mm-hmm. more interesting, beautiful, fun, etc. You want to get ra- uh, you want to get radically specific on those things, but when you say mm-hmm. broad, meaning there's a lot of nuance in that. Yeah. It, it's not binary. Well, I think what I mean is this, man. Like, Think about... Um, so 10,000 laughs. 10,000 miles. Sorry, 10,000 miles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm having such a hard time remembering her name and song right now. But anyway, uh, so take 10,000 miles. If your goal is to create the best song. That's 1,000 miles, isn't it? It, it yeah. is 1,000 miles. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's say, all right, just say your goal is to, to create the best song ever. Uh-huh. Then you zoom out a little bit. Like, why do I want to create the best song ever? Well, I want to bring joy to people's lives through music. Okay, that's a much broader purpose. Mm -hmm. 
why do I want to bring joy to uh, why do I want to bring joy to people's lives with music? Well, I just want to make people happy. Oh, now you can zoom out a little bit more. Yeah. So it's like yes, look at maybe that honed in that one purpose that you might have an idea, but really kind of zoom out on it as much as you can. I think that's applicable all over the place yeah. too. Because let's say like for me, I, I wanted to play basketball. I want well, okay. I'm not going to make it to the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not John Stockton. I'm his height. Actually, I'm an inch taller than John Stockton. <laughs> but uh, he he was a, a, a rarity. And I, I think that, that well, if that would have been, well, that's my life's purpose, I'm screwed. Then. Right. But, okay, th- if I start asking the whys that you were just asking, well, why do I want to do that? Well, because I'm, I'm really passionate about basketball. Oh, great. Are there any other things I can do with basketball that don't involve me being one of the 410 players in the NBA? Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Uh, maybe I could be an agent or I could be a sports commentator or you know, whatever it might be. It, it's, it's getting a bit more broad that allows some room for my own personal growth, yeah. which honestly allows room for contentment. Mm. Uh, the, uh, let's talk about those four terms real quick. Uh, I don't know the best analogy for this. I've used sex as an analogy before, uh, and we can use it because we're on Patreon. But if we look at pleasure, like pleasure is just an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Like like if you're just having sex for the orgasm, you're missing out on so m- many other things, right? Yeah. What What actually makes sex far more fulfilling, orgasms are great. I right. like orgasms. Sure. But I also... This connection. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so so if you're only doing it for orgasm, then why even have sex, right? Because right. I can... I'm very efficient at giving myself an orgasm. <laughs> and, and so uh, the, the question then is, well, why why have sex? Well, there are, other, there are other reasons. So pleasure, if pleasure is just the orgasm, then, then happiness uh, would be, you know, one step beyond that, right? And then uh, uh, it would be the entire act of making love perhaps right with with someone that you care about Uh, a step farther than that is contentment it's being it's being satisfied with your entire sex life Mm -hmm. which is great you know not just one encounter of of happiness which is also relatively ephemeral right the the one sexual encounter which is more fulfilling than just the orgasm right Mm -hmm. masturbating is just going to give me an orgasm having sex with someone i care about is is going to give me some happiness, but that is going to be fleeting. Having a fulfilling sexual relationship with someone mm-hmm. is going to give me contentment. Yeah. Having a broader, you talk about getting broad here, having a broad, fulfilling relationship that happens to have a sexual component, which is pleasurable, is going to bring me joy, especially, and I think here's the component of joy that, that differentiates it from pleasure, happiness, and contentment. I think joy always involves other people Mm. uh, either directly or indirectly and the times where we feel the most fulfilled is when we're helping fulfill other people and i mean that certainly applies to sex you you don't want to have a a a sex partner where they're just lying there like a dead fish right uh you don't want to be the dead fish lying there like no one feels good about that Mm -hmm. right what we feel good about is when you're really into the act with each other. You, yeah. you, there, there is a reciprocity there. They are getting joy and you're getting joy. And then it multiplies. You get joy from their joy mm-hmm. and they get joy from your joy. And it's so much more fulfilling than just going to the bathroom and rubbing one out. <laughs> we have a voicemail here from Sean in Pennsylvania. Hey, Josh and Ryan. My name's Sean. I'm from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. In 2008, I started a five-year relationship that didn't work out. I was single for a few months and then found my recent ex, and we dated for five years as well and ended our engagement this February. Since our breakup, I've been all over the dating apps and went on a handful of dates. I'm not exactly sure why I always feel the deep desire to find my other half, but I know I'm a hopeless romantic. My question for you is, how do you handle the constant itch to date and find someone and not cave when you're feeling lonely while you're working on yourself and know deep down the only person you should be dating right now is yourself, so to speak. I think the question's inherently problematic. I don't think Sean means it this way. It's a, it's a cultural term. Hmm. Uh, other half. Right. right, yeah, right. Uh, which, which presupposes what? That you yourself are incomplete, Sean. 
You are not complete. You alone are complete in an empty room. In fact, uh, I want to send Sean from Pennsylvania here a copy of one of my favorite, actually my favorite relationship book. It's a book called Some Thoughts About Relationships. It's really short. I think it's like 77 pages uh, from our friend Colin Wright. And it is... It's the best thing I've ever read about relationships because it doesn't just apply to intimate relationships. It's great for friendships, business, mm-hmm. partnerships, etc. These are these are structural policies that he has written for relationships in his life. And I can tell you this. I found the I don't even like this term, the love of my life, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, I don't believe in the one, right? Right. In fact, I think it's really dangerous to have that sort of mindset. Yeah, she's a love of your life. Right. Sure. Yeah. In fact, I've been in love at least two times in my life, right? Mm -hmm. And and, um, I've loved quite a few people as well. And and so, yes, I absolutely love Bex. It is, up to this point, the best relationship I've ever had in my life. But Mm -hmm. she doesn't complete me. Right. I don't complete her. She's complete on her own. What we do is we augment, we accentuate e- the, each other in a way that where it's not like, well, I'm incomplete. I'm, I'm a 0.73 and I'm looking for my 0.27 mm-hmm. in order to make me complete. No, I- I'm already a one and she is a one. And there's a beautiful sort of multiplication that happens here where we become much more than one because not only is it one person and one person, but it's our shared experiences together that make more than one. And, and so I can tell you, though, that I found Bex, and I think the same is true with Ryan, with Mariah, when I stopped looking for love. Like, I wasn't, I was open to it, and being open to these things, I think, is really important. Although there was a time where I was actually closed off to it. But um, but being open to to love, but not the expectation of I need someone else in my life. Yeah. Um, practical pro tip also. Uh, we were speaking about masturbation earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, before you make any love decision, masturbate first. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's funny, man. You know it's true, though. Yeah, to an extent. What do you mean to an extent? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like if you're thinking about cheating on your spouse, <laughs> masturbate first. Sure. Or yeah. if, if you're thinking about going on a date with someone, you're like, I don't really like this person, but um, yeah. I'm really horny right now. Going out with someone just because you're horny is yeah. a bad reason to go out with them. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. I mean, Sean, here's the thing, man. Uh, he said he talked about dating himself. It's not that you need to date yourself. But you do need to be happy with yourself. And like when I went out searching for a platonic relationship, there were there was a point where, well, I, I was talking about this earlier in the in the uh, minimal episode about how I chased money. Well, I chased women for the same reason. Yeah, I thought that finding a partner was going to alleviate a lot of the other pains in my life. It wasn't until I alleviated the pains in my life that I could actually go out and find a real partner. So I'm guessing Sean has done the same thing I did where you, you, yeah, you're horny. You want to have connection. uh, You want to have someone who supports you. So you feel like going out and finding a girlfriend is going to complete you in some way. And it's going to alleviate the other pains and the other stresses you have in your life. And maybe it does to a certain extent. In fact, I would argue that it actually does uh, alleviate it a little bit. Um, When I think about my, past long-term relationships, I wasn't in them because, uh, because I was miserable, but I was miserable, Mm. but there were these, there was these, uh, content parts of the relationship that really had me hooked. It was, there was the connection. There was the sex. The worst was like the, the, I, the person's family. So like the girl's family that I was with, I enjoyed the family more than I enjoyed the girl, mm, which is that's a bad reason. It's to horrible. Someone. It's horrible. But but there are these there are these things that a relationship can bring uh, these voids that it fills. But the problem is that if you're <laughs> again, Sean, it's not that you need to date yourself. The problem is is that if there's holes in your life right now, a woman is not going to fill those. Right. So you find a way to fill those 
those voids that you have right now in your life. And then you go searching for a partner. So when I went searching for a platonic partner, I was looking for someone who complimented me, where our values, our beliefs, they were in alignment, where we could support each other, where I loved the person so much that I was willing to accept their differences because they loved me so much they were willing to accept my differences. So that is that is absolutely true, Sean. Like you do have to be comfortable with yourself first. So where where are you lacking and how can you how can you uh, uh, lack as little as possible in those areas? And then who can you bring into your life that's going to continue to help you uh, uh, live a meaningful life? But yes, relying on someone else just to fill the void is, it's a recipe for discontent. How many, it's funny because there, you know, what's the average divorce rate? Like 50%. I think it's gotten a little bit better since then. It's a little bit better. Roughly half, yeah. Yeah, roughly half. But how many people who are married are still freaking miserable, man? Yeah, yeah. How how many of them are married just because they have kids? Oh, we're going to stay, we're going to be miserable with each other because we have kids. And you know what? I'm not dogging that (laughs) decision, but when I'm... I am. I think it's a terrible decision. Okay. Well, I'm not going to like sit here and judge anybody for that. Uh, so you can dog them. I will not dog them. Uh, uh, (laughs) okay, great. We've decided Josh is going to dog them. Uh Okay. I'm not going to dog those people. Uh, but what I'll say is, is that before they got to that point, they could have really created a different path before getting to this point of obligation. So again, Sean, buddy, if you're not happy with yourself, it doesn't matter who you bring into your life, romantic wise or other like you're never going not there's no one who's going to just come into your life and then make you feel 100 percent whole if you don't feel whole now right and, and so let's talk about whole uh, what does that mean really so so the word integrity right mm-hmm. literally means you know, it comes from the same root as integer and, and so if you're feeling incomplete you're feeling a void that means you're lacking integrity in some area of life mm-hmm. uh, you're l- lacking integration right and, and so the reason that I, I am totally against uh, staying with someone for the sake of the kids is it's it's pretty well documented at this point. It's not only bad for you and your relationship, it's actually bad for the kids. Mm-hmm. And sets a really poor precedent mm-hmm. for, for the kids. And so that actually doesn't, it lacks, it, it itself lacks integrity mm. by, by staying with someone just for the kids. By the way, st- getting with someone to fill a void is a bad decision. Staying with someone because you're afraid of a void it might create is, is an equally bad decision. Yeah, absolutely. Brooke has a question for us. How do you imagine what your best self would do in a situation? I wear a WWJD bracelet. What would Joshua <laughs> do? Actually, I, I have a, a friend... Um, Actually, someone I was dating, and and she, um, she sent me a text. She was like in line at some department store, and there was these impulse purchases by the register, and she was like, I, I was getting ready to buy like several of these like impulse purchase things right right there as I was waiting in line, and then I thought to myself, what would Josh do? And she said, I need to get one of those damn bracelets. So it makes me think like. Would would he buy this at the register? No, she, I, I'm not advocating anyone goes around and and really asks themselves, "Hey, uh, uh, what would Josh do in this situation?" Really, what she was saying is, with respect to consumerism, I had my values in alignment, and I was making disciplined decisions based on those values. And she wanted to make those same discipline decisions because she said that would be the best version of her. And so really what she is saying is, what would the best version of me do in this scenario? And I think it's as simple as asking that question. Would the best version of me make this decision? Would the best version of me binge on Netflix right now or exercise first and then watch some Netflix? What would Mm -hmm. the best version of me do? Right. And we're not always going to live up to the best version of ourselves, but it's a question worth asking. If you ask that question, it might help you move in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could, another way to look at it is what do I wish I would do right now? Well, then do it Mm. (laughs) and absolutely do that. Yeah. Our next question is from Humanus. Humanus. Is happiness the best goal in life? No. no. Happiness is not the best goal in life. It's funny because when I was a kid, I remember having this brilliant 
epiphany because as a kid, I remember seeing it on TV or you hear adults talk about it. You know, what is the point of life? What is the whole purpose of life? And I remember as a child, I thought, oh, God just wants you to be happy. Mm. It's the, the goal of life is to just be happy. Everything we do serves happiness. And like for the longest time, that was my goal was to be happy. But the problem is that as I got older, I started to realize how ephemeral happiness was. And because of that, I started to chase a bunch of ephemeral things. Mm -hmm. And arguably, there are some great drugs out there that you can take to make yourself happy. Right. But if you're happy sitting in the gutter, in the gutter drooling on yourself, like, are you, are you really happy? Right. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, arguably, you could say that you are happy. Right. But are you content? No, you're yeah. not. Uh, are you experiencing joy where you're contributing to other people? No, certainly not. So let's no. talk about if happiness isn't the goal, uh, what are what are some better goals than happiness? For me, love is one. Not not getting love, but experiencing love, feeling love toward mm. others. Yeah. Even people, I mean, if you can get to this sort of Zen level of loving people that are your enemy, uh, love thy enemy, is uh, that is objectively better to me than just happiness, right? Yeah. Uh, contribution is a... a, a a better goal than happiness. Contentment. We just talked about contentment and, and, and joy. Those are better goals than happiness. Um, yeah. Integrity yeah. is a, is a better goal than integrity just means your, your, your values are aligned with your actions. Or do, do you feel integrated? Maybe to me, peace and calm and stillness. These are better goals than happiness. Yeah. I would rather search for stillness or calm or inner peace mm -hmm. than happiness. Yeah. I would rather be able to deal appropriately with unhappiness than just be happy all the time. Yeah. It's the same. It's what I was talking about in the minimal episode. It, it's life is a shit tornado mm -hmm. and I'd rather be able to look in the mirror and see myself covered in shit and smile rather than try to live a life where I was like trying to live as squeaky clean as possible. That smile is so important too. In fact, the smiles are contagious, right? Mm -hmm. When you see someone smiling real big, it's hard not to smile back, even if you're not in the best mood. And so to me, smiling is probably, now often you smile when you're happy, right? But smiling might be at least a better objective than, than happiness because it's contagious and it's it's at least in some small way contributing to to other pe people. Yeah. So what is the goal to life, Josh? I think I think I think the goal to life is to eat as much ice cream as possible. <laughs> that's what heaven is <laughs> and not get fat. Yeah, I mean uh, oh, that's pleasure. Never mind. Yeah, I mean th that that's the thing though. Like we often in the moment it's like I'm I'm going to gorge on this thing. And that's what happiness is to a great mm -hmm. extent. The, the metaphor I just used uh, or uh, an orgasm versus uh, a, a a one night stand sexual encounter. A one night stand sexual encounter will make you happy. Yeah. But it, it, it will it will dissipate. And around the bend, now you're gonna have to do another one. And now I have to have a threesome. And now I have to do like all these other things. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with having sex with someone. Yeah. Uh, even if it's not a long-term relationship, as long as you're being safe, it's, it's totally fine. That will bring you some happiness. But if we're chasing pleasure and forsaking Joy, contentment, mm -hmm. contribution, love, man, that that doesn't seem to be the the objective at all. No, I, I think the objective is to live a meaningful life because when you strive to live a meaningful life, happiness will come, pleasure will come, joy will come. Like those things, it's a byproduct of living a meaningful life. Also, there will be some valleys and you'll have some shit times, but living just for happiness you're you're going to uh it, it, happiness fades happiness yeah. is ephemeral so if you're living for something that's ephemeral you're always going to you're always going to live a discontented life jan says will your will your definition of what constitutes a best life change over time of course yes necessarily yeah. and we we talked about that in the minimal minimal episode so i won't i won't harp on it other than to say uh, if you are five years old, your best life looks considerably different from a 55-year-old's. When I was in the fourth grade, I remember imagining 
being so rich, I could fill a swimming pool with those little rectangle pizzas that we got. So what, you were Scrooge McDuck of, with, with like with pizza, pizza bites? With crappy <laughs> lunch pizza. And now he wants gourmet pizza to swim right, in. Right, exactly. <laughs> Genevieve says, I'm 19 and my best life is finding the things that excite me and doing the things that scare me. And then I, I put here, but there's someone else that, uh, their, their name is Cornish Palm said, your best life is one without worry or anxiety. I, I just, I loved the, the contrast here. Genevieve's best life is doing things that excite me and that scare me. And then Cornish says, your best life is without worry or anxiety. Yeah, so that's good. I, I think this just really illustrates that your best life, like Genevieve's best life, is her idea of a best life is so much different from Cornish Palm's idea of a best life. And Which then, is good, man, because that just shows you there isn't one particular template for a right, best life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, uh, the, uh, the question here from Cornish was, uh, how can society affect your quest to reach your best life? I mean, I think Ryan just, just proved this with, I mean, basically he wanted to, he the only reason he wanted to swim in, in pizza bites was because he saw Scrooge McDuck swimming in money and he's mm-hmm. like, what would be better than money? Pizza. pizza. <laughs> and I could just, every stroke I took, I just imagine like <laughs> taking a bite of pizza. Just burning my arm each time. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Is this, Ow. Uh, isn't it funny? Like as a kid, like what you just imagine stuff and you just don't act, think about the reality of it. It's just I, like the instant pleasure. I remember watching the Flintstones and how Fred would always <laughs> eat those giant turkey legs. <laughs> oh, I want one of those giant turkey legs so bad. <laughs> so yeah, of course we're we're influenced by society, but but really we're in more than society. We are influenced by two things. One is the media, mm. and, and the five the people the five people who are closest to us. Yeah. The media has just become the sixth person who's closest sure. to us, and, so, and the people we emulate too. Right, and we tend yeah. to emulate the people that we see in the media right. that we that we look up to, and usually that's affected. We talked about affects earlier, so so it, that's the Instagram life. But we see it on TV, we see it in the watch ads, we see it on billboards, etc. And then we see the five people who are closest to us, the p- five people we spend the most time with, and we tend to emulate them, whether it's in dress or speech, activity, hobbies. And if those people are doing things that are not ideal for our life, they're dragging us down and we need to distance ourselves from people like that. And guess what? It's totally okay for you to distance yourself. And by the way, it's actually simpler than you might think. If you have toxic people in your life, you can can distance yourself by not engaging with them. Yeah. You don't have to respond to a text message. No. You don't have to return someone's phone call. Generally, you don't have to see someone unless you live in the same house with them. Right. And even if you do, you can still love them from a distance. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, the problem here too is that if you're looking towards society to tell you what your best life is, you're it's a farce. Like everything you see in the media, it's all fake news. It's always been fake news. Mm-hmm. You're never getting the whole story. You're always getting the ex- the hyperbolic version of the story. You're getting breaking news. Well, yeah. it's really broken news. Right. Uh, when you go to Instagram, Facebook, you're looking at fake lives. So whatever society is telling you, uh, and you're trying to emulate what society is saying that you should do, um, yeah, you'll never find happiness. So... Stop looking at society for the template. Stop looking at society. It's okay to look at uh, ingredients and decide whether or not that ingredient adds to what a meaningful life is for you. But you first have to figure out what a meaningful life is for yourself. And then you start to take in ingredients. But to just start taking in ingredients and applying those, it's that's a recipe for discontent. Well, absolutely. And, and by the way, you're, these ingredients often don't match up together. It's it's putting salmon in, in the apple pie. You're like, these two things are really good on their own. I saw this one person who was living the salmon life. The other person was living the apple pie life. And I'm just going to, I want to mush these together. Well, no, it's probably not going to work for you. Yeah. Josh, who has made you laugh the most in your life? Shannon really wants to know. I mean, definitely you. There's no question. Like there's. That's so funny. I've made myself laugh the most too <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I, it, I no dude that's I think that's why you and I were best friends. It's I mean yeah, I joke around about how we were fat little fifth graders and 
I saw someone who I could like bond over like, you know, cheese fries and cheeseburgers and other cheese related products with. But like from, from the first time we started hanging out, dude, we just like really cracked each other up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I always remember laughing my ass off with you. For sure. Yeah. We still do. Well, this is Patreon, so I could talk about this. I laugh when I orgasm. (laughs) um you know this because we've lived together not that you've ever given me an orgasm (laughs) i just thought that oh i thought that was the girl laughing at you when you orgasm (laughs) you have such a high-pitched laugh Uh, no i um i and and so like in that respect probably bex has made me laugh (laughs) second most (laughs) in my life um but yeah and i can think of the hardest I ever laughed, you were there. It was Theo Vaughn. We were at the comedy store, and he had that falcon joke about the, I've got an app that tells, tells me every time a falcon dies. Yeah. And he pulls out his phone, and he says, there it is, minus one falcon. <laughs> 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 but, like, the way it, he has a particular so cadence good. that, like, yeah. he's almost like Norm MacDonald, where, like, Norm MacDonald can say something, and he, he's just like, hey, you ever... You ever gone to the store? And, and it's like the way he says it, you're like, what? Ah! <laughs> I have gone to the store. Um, and and uh, I, I feel like Theo Vaughn does the same thing, but consistently laughing like, yeah, but you and I, we do this thing. We have the most inside jokes. Oh, yeah. That that they clearly would not be funny to anyone else. No. And when. It, oh, dude, it's so f- like we'll be together and like. Bex and Mariah will be with us. That's exactly what I was about to say. Oh, yeah. And they're both just looking at it. Like, we're cracking up about something, and they're just like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And then we have to explain it, and it kills the joke. Right. Right. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. Every time. Um, last question here. Remy says, is a, quote, best life even achievable? Is it possible? Well, here's the, the what's the Henry Ford quote podcast, Sean? Uh, wh- whether you think it's possible or you think it's impossible, you're right. Yeah. I think that's it. Yes, as long as your expectation isn't a perfect life. A best life. But isn't best synonymous with perfect? No, hell no. no? Hell no. No? No, not at all. Not not at all. Hmm. In fact... Well, I, I think maybe... Well, maybe that's obvious to you, but that's not obvious to me, and I think a lot of other people... I think we can, You're right. We conflate it. And, yeah. and as a society, we especially conflate it. And so what I'm trying to say here is a, a best life is a landscape, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we want to spend fewer time in the valleys, for sure. We want to spend more time on the peaks. But you don't want to stay at the peak. That gets boring. Mm-hmm. You want to traverse throughout the landscape. And to do so, you're going to have to go through some valleys. 2019 has been the hardest year of my life because of my health. Mm. But it has added a new perspective and a new appreciation and even a new gratitude. And I, I can even see the gratitude that's on the horizon because I'm a long ways away. I'm about 20% better from what I was this summer. And that means I have 80% to go. And that's unfortunate. But I can see at least what, what, what is available to me. And one thing that's available to me is a particular kind of gratitude. But I don't have to wait to get to that end zone to feel gratitude. Right. I can start to feel that gratitude now. And I'm sure I'll feel more of it as, as I build that gratitude muscle. Uh, I, uh, I'm not particularly religious, but I found myself express like, you might call it prayer, but just expressing gratitude um, at, at different intervals. Uh, when I wake up in the morning, uh, when I eat a meal. And I could certainly see like... Uh, the it's the power of prayer in uh, in many extents but it is for me just being thankful for what i do have it's that the sam harris thought experiment we were talking about earlier you know what would i pay to not be paralyzed like if i got paralyzed right now what would i pay to get out of that mm-hmm. well so what i oh i pay a million dollars okay so what i'm really saying is i'd pay a million dollars to be where i am right now yeah well, man, I should feel grateful for that then, right? Because I don't have to pay a million dollars to be where I'm at right now. I get to be where I'm at right now. It's not perfect, but it's the best I can do given the resources the, and, and, and uh, life that I have been presented. And so living my best life is simply doing the best that I can do with the resources that I have, knowing that it's absolutely not going to be perfect. Amen. 
You know what, Sean? I think we should probably end with Vanessa Carlton's Thousand Miles <laughs> at the end of this episode. <laughs> we probably should. It's a damn good song. It I, I really like song. her her whole catalog. But Oh, yeah. She's a brilliant artist. So talented. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's it. Patreon. Thank you for being a supporter. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We are thankful for you. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> <laughs> Love people use things. We'll see you next time. Thanks, y'all. Make them away downtown. Walking fast. Faces passing. I'm homebound. Staring black me head. Just making my way. Making a way through the crowd. And I need you. And I miss you. And now I wonder. If I could fall into the sky Do you think time would pass me by? Cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles If I can just see you tonight